Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. All right, welcome in. Episode 15 of the Rising Champions podcast. I'm Kyle Bogey. Of course, Dr. Jason Ivetsky joining us from the Champion Mindset Group. And uh, Doc, obviously uh, a, a crazy weekend in the golf world. Not mm. necessarily because it came down to the wire or anything like that, but uh, Dustin Johnson running away from the field, finishing 30 under, things we could only dream about doing uh, in the game of golf. Incredible. It was amazing. I mean, I, again, watched it most of the day on Sunday after my round, and I came home hoping to at least watch something competitive, but it was, it was over. It was over before the turn. He was like, I don't know, nine shots ahead of the field after making the turn or something to that. And he just looked like he was in another world. He was just playing a different game than everybody else. And it just shows you how, how mental this game can be because, what, just a month ago or so, he shot 80 or 84, and, and now he's, he shot a 60. And he, he could have been lower. He was 11 under after 11 at one point on Saturday. Yeah, a disappointing 60. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. But uh, I guess that's that's the life of Dustin Johnson. That's life as a pro golfer. We do have uh, a couple of, you know, golfers that are going to be joining us here for the interview portion uh, of this uh, episode of the Rising Champions podcast. Excited to talk to the O'Rourke brothers, mm -hmm. uh, Brendan and Colin. Uh, great conversation with them. And, you know, you talk about, you know, being competitive. There just there wasn't a competition over the weekend with Dustin Johnson. He ran away from the field. But oftentimes the competition within your own home, if you have siblings, especially when it comes to athletics and really anything that you do, it can be a lot. But I, I found it fascinating that talking with, with both Brendan and Colin, there seems to be somebody who's just playing a little bit at a higher level at this point. And it's the younger brother, not necessarily mm -hmm. the older brother, but there isn't this animosity. There isn't this, you know, jealousy. It's just, Hey, you know, he, he's a little bit better. And I, I gotta be honest, dog, if, if it were me, it would drive me insane <laughs> if my younger brother was better at golf or better at any other sport than me, but it, Brendan just handles it with class. Yeah. And that's a great word. They are classy kids. Uh, they're very respectful and coachable. Um, and I think being, being around this game, I think has taught them that as well. And just being an athlete has taught them that to be respectful of each other um, and honor um, if someone's better than them and, and learn from it. And we're going to talk to them about the dynamic between them um, playing against each other on the course and then supporting them each other on the course as well, which I thought it was a really interesting conversation. I got to believe most times, you know, if you're working with, you know, clients or just, you know, talking with, um, you know, with younger people, younger athletes in general, um, if there is that, I guess, competitive attitude, you know, that, that kind of, I guess, competitive balance within the home, I got to believe most times siblings don't handle it that well. Not as well as these two. That's for sure. Um, I have a couple sets of brothers and sisters that, that I've worked with and um, some are, can be supportive. I remember we interviewed the, the Zynga sisters and they were very supportive of each other, although they play different sports or performances. Um, but I've had some situations where kids play the same sport and the younger one does show more promise. And that is hard sometimes for the older sibling to handle. Uh, cause you kind of grow up being the big brother, the big sister, and you're supposed to be the leader 
you know, and that's not always necessarily the case. Uh, sometimes the younger one does have more skills or talent, or maybe they work harder or they want it more. Uh, and, and that can be hard to swallow if you're an older sibling, but clearly uh, there's a very healthy situation going on with your work brothers. Have you found a trend and, and obviously there's, you know, different circumstances for all families and, you know, all, all siblings, but growing up in a household where there are multiple siblings versus you are the only child, you know, and you are, you don't necessarily get that competitive, um, relationship unless you're with, you know, at school or, you know, playing sports or whatever it is. Have you found that growing up with that, you know, older sibling, younger sibling, whatever it is, has benefit, you know, I guess kids or athletes a little bit more down the road, or is it just, again, a mixed bag, I suppose. I, I think it's always a mixed bag. I never like to pigeonhole any situation. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a, some advantages to having siblings that also play sports or do something competitive because it pushes you and it keeps you accountable. And I think in a healthy way, as long as you don't, obsess over it. Uh, I think you can look at that and say, you know what? Um, she's going for a run. Well, you know, maybe I better get off the couch and go do something too. Uh, so, you know, I can keep up and I, and I guess the outcomes of that are positive in any regard. Well, uh, one thing that, uh, these two brothers share in common as well is uh, a love for hunting, which mm. I, I found very, very interesting as well. And they'll go into a little bit more detail. I never thought that finding something that you can uh, essentially get away and focus on could potentially benefit you mentally when it comes to your sport that you focus on. And in this case, it's, it's golf. I th that was really interesting to me. Yeah. But I think if you, uh, if you think about it though, Kyle, think about all the baseball players and golfers that love fishing and they, mm -hmm. they go out on their boats and things like that just to get away and clear their mind. And I think, you know, I think Colin and, and Brendan are, are using that to their advantage as well. All right. Well, looking forward to this, uh, a great conversation with these two, the, O'Rourke brothers, a couple of quality golfers, one in college already, one on his way to college. He'll share those details coming up uh, at the end of this interview as well. But uh, without further ado, let's get to Brendan and Colin O'Rourke uh, on the Rising Champions podcast. All right. So uh, excited for actually a second consecutive week here on the Rising Champions podcast to have a couple of different guests as we welcome in uh, the O'Rourke brothers, uh, Brendan and uh, Colin. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. We're excited. Talk to Absolutely. Golf. Now, now I know, well, it's always a good time to talk golf. You don't have to worry about that. And, and Doc, <laughs> I know, good to see you, by the way, but I know you have a ton of questions. You're, you're ready to fire away. We got a lot of things to break down with these two, two guys. But I, I got to start, again, very serious question. Really just let's flush this out before we really get into anything, okay? Um, who's the better golfer between you two? Uh, I, I think that that's an easy question, but, uh, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say it's me right now, at least right now. I've kind of, it, it was more of a challenge a few years ago, but now I think I surpassed him in my opinion, but well, what is he? Have hey, I, I have to respect him a lot. He has been playing really good golf. I've been playing too much. I, being a junior golfer, you have, you have a bunch of tournaments you can play. I've only played probably a few. But I got to say, I got to hand it to him. He's uh, been playing some great golf, very consistent. So right now, I got to say, he's got an edge on me a little bit. I now, now Brendan, that's very, that's healthy of you to say that <laughs> and to admit that, you know, in that answer. But, but does that burn at you at night, you know, knowing that he might have a leg up right now, you know, a little bit? Oh, oh absolutely. When we play, I mean, it's, I, I compete when I play with them. I mean, I, I, it frustrates me when he beats me. So like, every time we're out there, it's, it's competing. It's like a tournament. I mean, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think it's great that we have a little, 
little back and forth going on. It's uh, it's the beauty of having a good brother as a good player as a uh, as a brother. So uh, yeah, it, it, it does frustrate me, but it's something to, something I'm always working for, you know. See, and Kyle, I am not surprised that Brendan is so gracious and <laughs> saying that his younger brother was uh, the better golfer at this time because these two guys epitomize, I think, what junior golf is all about, you know, because they're such gentlemen and they respect the game, they respect others, they respect their coaches. So, you know, it's been a, a pleasure and an honor to work with these two two young men because they were certainly raised right and and golf has taught them the lessons of life that they're going to take on uh you know past this game that they play no that's fantastic obviously and uh yeah. you know look it's it's not easy uh you know i I'm, i come from two other brothers i'm the middle of three brothers actually so uh, i know all about the competitiveness uh what it can be like you know behind the scenes a little bit and all that so uh very impressive uh, again i said healthy that, that you guys share that yeah. perspective <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump into, you know, the reason we're here and because on the rising champions podcast, we want to talk a lot about the perspective of these young rising athletes uh, from the mental side of the game. That's our purpose here is to pick your brains a little bit about what you've learned, what you've implemented. So we can share that with the rest of this community that, that tunes in each week. And so Brendan, I'm going to start with you, give you the nod since you're older give you a little bit of credit there. <laughs> oh, and, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And so, you know, Brendan, you're, you, you're currently at University of Detroit Mercy uh, on the golf team, you know, by way of Brother Rice High School here in Michigan. And you and I started working together back in June of uh, 2018. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, you know, what were the reasons that you came in and things you needed to work on when we first got started? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was senior year is when I saw you my, my high school days. And, um, you know, still a junior golfer. I was playing against a lot of the good players in Michigan. And, you know, I kind of hit a crossroads, really. I, uh, I could have continued on the path I was going or come see you and work on a different side of the game that, you know, a lot of people don't work on. And, um, and I, I was excited to work with you right away because I'm looking for whatever advantage I can get out on the course. And once you get to this level, to this college level, you got to separate yourself. You're looking for an advantage. And I feel like, we talk about how the majority of the game is mental and that you have to, you got to work on it. You got to, uh, people, people work on the fundamentals, the, the physical side of the game. But um, when it comes to mental, before I saw you, it just, I, it just wasn't part of my, uh, my routine, my preparation. And so, you know, right away, I, I thought it was, it was my dad and I sat down and I thought we needed to, we needed to make a change and uh, implement this into my, uh, into my routine. So I, I was really excited to work with you and we worked on so many great things. I'm still working on it. I mean, just it's a yeah. it's uphill climb and you're still working at it. I mean, it's a tough game, tough game where you're just, ne you can never settle and you're always working on something. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. We, uh, we started right away and, um, a lot more, a lot more good things in store. Yeah. You know, and I'm still working on it too, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean Kyle, can, Kyle and I played some rounds together this summer and we can both attest to how important this mental game is. Uh, even for us uh, guys that do this for a living and talk about it a lot, you know, we still have to put it into practice and, and practice what we preach uh, out there on the course. So, so Brendan, let me stay with you for a moment still. You know, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about the importance of being prepared on and off the course. We talked about being prepared before every shot and, and being in that zone or in that bubble. Can you speak to that a little bit about how that's helped you in, in your performance um, from that transition also from high school into more competition in college? 
Yeah, absolutely. So like my preparation, we, we've talked about that. We talked about the range. We talked about doing different, uh, just a little different strategies the night before a tournament, you know, and that's definitely has changed and really putting having a range session that's purposeful. And mm-hmm. uh, we talked about that. And I know that was kind of something that held me back a little bit is using that time to my advantage and actually practicing with a purpose and having a plan going into that. And I know we talked about that a lot. And I know you, we've worked with a little, different ways that I can prepare the night before, visualizing different breathing techniques. So uh, something I've definitely, uh, I've been working on for sure. Yeah. And so then Colin, let's jump over to you. So you came to me yeah. a little while later uh, in October of 19 and you were and still are currently at Brother Rice High School. And yep. you came for some different reasons. So, you know, you were kind of the kind of kid that, you know, could handle his emotions pretty well, but talk about why you thought you needed some, some additional support and coaching in the mental side. Yeah, no. So I was definitely a golfer who I felt wasn't getting everything out of my game that I could really have um, coming in. I knew like when you asked him the first question you asked me was, what percent percentage of the game of golf do I think is mental? And I'm like, uh, probably 70 or 80. And then you asked me, uh, how much of that, how much time do you devote a week to my mental game? And I'm like, well, not, not actually. So <laughs> I, it was a quick and easy answer to, um, I really need to feel like, even though I was a really good, pretty good, or I thought it was good, um, a mental game player. And I used it as my strength. I knew I could grow on it much more and, and actually work on it weekend and, and week out and actually making it a real advantage, uh, in my golf game that could take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what were some of the things, I guess, that, that you specifically, Colin, you know, you felt you needed to get out of this. You needed to maybe advance yourself to get to that next level. Yeah, no. So, um, the biggest struggle that I had, um, was really reaching red numbers. So I was, I could shoot anywhere between 72, 75. I felt like it would happen over and over and over again. And I felt like, yeah, I I know the feeling it happens all the time. Yeah. I'm kidding. It doesn't, I wish I could do that. I'm jealous. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) even when I did reach red numbers, it was like maybe one under two under, I really wasn't reaching like the four under mark five under mark. Um, so really just, I fi- finally broke through this year. Uh, shot my, uh, shot an eight, 68 this year. Um, which was great Four unders. I finally broke through. Um, but it was really, um, just finishing off rounds was huge for me because again i'd be through 12 holes two under three under and then i'd start thinking about the end result and that's one of the things would go to go downhill again we were talking with uh, dr ovetsky we worked really hard on staying in the present moment and not thinking too far ahead i, I was really good at um kind of blocking out the past like i'd have hit a bad shot and i'd say i uh, look to look to the next shot and say uh, hey, let's put this one one close or something like that. Um, but it was more thinking towards the future that I struggled with, um, thinking about end results when I'm only on hole 13. And it's like, hey, you still got six holes left, five holes left, and that's when things uh, things would go downhill when I start thinking to the future. So really yeah. improving that. Brendan, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I mean, being a junior golfer, I've been through it all. I mean, I've, I've had, I've shot 68 one day and shot 84 the next day. Mm. So I, I've been through those tough times. I know, I know what he's feeling right now. You know, he's trying to reach down to those low numbers, 
And I feel like this mental side can push you over the edge. You see those tour pros day week in and week out shooting that low, having that, that mental fortitude. I mean, not a lot of people are able to really put or send their game to that next, next level, which is four under five under. And, uh, he's at, he's at a good, good spot right now. And, uh, I just remember being, being in his shoes, you know, I, thankfully he, uh, he committed already, but, uh, usually you have a lot of pressure with, with just outside influences like, you know, colleges and trying mm-hmm. to get in, in the schools. But, uh, He's got that past him, and he's just looking forward uh, to college, really. So we're excited for him. So you guys are a little bit like myself and, you know, other golfers out there, except instead of 68 one day and 84 the next, it's like 78 one day and 93 the next. (laughs) Nice. It's all relative. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just different, that's all. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, You guys have done some training with me, done some training on your own. I know you work out in the area with one of our local um, strength trainers, Graham Pokoloff from Omnikinetics. He's come up more than once on this show. Um, I think another thing that's interesting is, Brennan, you've caddied for Colin in in some of these important tournaments. Talk about that dynamic and, and how that works as a brother and maybe a pseudo coach or mental coach when you're out there on the course with them. Oh man, it's, it's, I'm telling you, I, I really enjoy catting from, I do. I try to uh, really keep conversations light and I try to, you know, in between shots, kind of keep him not always focused on golf. You know I mean? I try to really help him out and I, gosh, it's a different perspective of the game that I really enjoy actually. And uh, oh. getting for a good player like this, uh, really, really fun. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a different perspective for me just to see him go about it, see him obviously struggle. You got, you know, making a bogey, you know, give him advice. Hey, come on, let's bounce back. Let's go, you know, give him those, those positive, uh, positive voice in his ear. So yeah, I, gosh, I love it when I play, when I caddy for him, I've ca- caddied a couple times for him. And it's worked out really good. I haven't got fired yet. So uh, <laughs> you probably haven't got paid yet either. It's good enough. Good job, right. Just the pleasure in his success. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Colin, what about how, your perspective? Different, oh, sorry. sorry I, don't, I don't mean to jump on you, doc, but real quick, I guess, how different is it, you know, for you, Brendan, when you're catting for him, I guess how you would go about managing the course and approaching various holes, various shots, you know, as opposed to, you know, trying to help him out, you know, within a round or within a competitive or whatever it may be. How different, I guess, is that? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I mean, he calls me in a lot and I kind of give him uh, him my perspective. We kind of, we kind of talk over it. We kind of visualize it. If we're, you know, we we hit a wayward shot, we're under a tree. I kind of say, Hey, this is, you got a couple options here. You can go underneath the tree here or just punch out to the right. And so it's nice to have, you got four, you got four eyes on the shot and, you know, we, we, we actually work really well together. He's really enjoyed me just, just seeing my perspective of it. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, he's, he's a, he's a good boss <laughs> when I'm on the back. <laughs> so this is, is interesting. Cause like I said, Kyle and I've played a few times. I'm certainly more the conservative player. Kyle is very aggressive and you know, he's like, Hey, we're here. Let's go for it. And, and it shows I'm thinking, in the scorecard as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you know, I win, but uh, what is, what are your guys, what are your discussions like when it comes to like, do I go for the hero shot or do I play it safe, punch out, try to say par? I'm curious about the mentality there, especially in a tournament where you're, you're trying to win. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it, we, we definitely, we, we kind of know where we're at in the tournament kind of, um, 
definitely what's nice is we we have we trust each other a lot like you, 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 just the it's nice to have a brother out there because the trust we already have built up with each other and and like i if he gives me a tip to hey like i think we should step on this one this is a good opportunity for us to make a move like i i'll tr- i trust him like okay. i think it's a good call um but yeah, just kind of having a, another pair of eyes out there. Like, Hey, I see, I see that I can play a nice little going for a par five, maybe around a tree. Okay. I, I see a nice little like 30 yard draw, just put it right on the green or, or he's, it's, it's good where he, he can, I'm definitely an aggressive player. So you can sometimes step in and say, Hey, <laughs> hey, this, this, isn't the, this isn't the time to, to play the, the hero ball. It's just get it back in the fairway and, and try to make a birdie. So that's kind of, that's the bay. Yeah, exactly. Kyle's <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> that, that, that's the best part with having a brother out there is just like the trust that we already have built up is, is, is very big. The chemistry that we have is That's is awesome. Good. That's awesome. So Brent, I want to go back to you and your own individual play for a moment. And yes. one of the, one of the big things that you and I worked on hard was the importance of your emotions and your body language. And maybe you can refresh my memory about you know, one of the reasons that came up was during one of your college seasons and a coach or a player on your team said something to you and it really, it really struck you uh, in, in a yeah. significant way. Yeah. So when that, when this specific, uh, when that actually happened, I was going through a rough patch through, you know, a lot of stresses with golf and school. And, you know, I've always kind of had this, this kind of mopey kind of sulky on the past, kind of just, just the way I carried myself was not highly respected of my teammates and they, they can see it. They can see it from other holes. And it was something that was brought to my attention. One of, one of the tournaments that I was playing and I was kind of taken aback at first i kind of like whoa okay no one's ever done this to me like i was i was kind of offended at first but then it took me a little time to think about it kind of reflect like hey you know the way i conduct myself is i'm representing our school first of all and representing this team and representing myself and it's not it's not like junior golf where it's just you out there Mm -hmm. you're playing for other a bunch of individuals out there you got five other guys playing and so that was brought to my attention uh, this past year. And I was kind of this fall, I kind of struggled a little bit um, compared to my freshman year. But uh, it was it was really it was really kind of cool. It was cool. It was one of my captains who did who brought it up to me. And, uh, you know, we took care. I, I took care of it. I said, hey, man, my bad. I'm going to really work hard. Give me some advice. What, what do you see? And I think that's very important to have the discipline that say, Hey, if you have a friend or a dad, a coach, mental coach that, Hey, tell you the honest truth, you know, tell me mm-hmm. the truth. And it's, it's really helped me. It, it, it was, it was a rough patch at the beginning of the year when it happened, but then turned it around and got some great advice from my teammates, my coach. We have a new coach, Eric Tyrants, great guy. And um, just really, really thankful I was able to turn around and to have a, a different voice and someone tell me the honest truth. So yeah. it was good for was you. Great. Yeah, it's good for you. Cause you're, you know, that just shows your coachability and, and you're willing to be flexible and, and not stubborn about it. And yeah. I think in addition to showing a better attitude, I think good body language gives you more confidence as well. And then that, oh, that leaks, that's contagious to the rest of your team as well. You know, regardless of the type of round you're having is just to have positive body language uh, oh, yeah. on, the, on the course. Uh, really, really does melt over to everybody else. So, and Colin, what are your thoughts about the the body language and, and dealing with pressure and things like that? Yeah, no, I, I think body language is huge and it, it correlates to your mindset so much. Like we, we talked about 
always being out on the golf course, you always want to keep your eyes above the horizon, always keeping a, a good posture. No, yeah, no, no moping or anything like that. Cause it, it does, it does correlate. We talked about how it correlates to your mindset out on the golf course, your mm-hmm. posture correlate to the, the way your mind thinks that when you're keeping a good posture, you're gonna have a better attitude and a more positive attitude. That's right. Um, so I think bo- like body language is, is definitely huge, uh, more, more important than, than I thought before. Um, I, it can make a huge difference uh, by the way you carry yourself out there. Absolutely. How do you guys view how much, I guess the game of golf, you know, has kind of evolved. I mean, you see, guys like Bryson DeChambeau, you know, bulking up and, uh, you know, trying to just overpower courses. You also have those finesse players out there, you know, that can just go out there and and score and not worry about how far guys are hitting it off the tee. I I guess, do you pay attention to it? And has some of that even maybe seeped into your games a little bit as well? Well, Kyle, I got to say, I am inspired by Bryson. I I have (laughs) been inspired by the way I, I always see his physical stature. But just how he just like grips it and rips. I'm, I'm kind of a grip and rip type of player, and it's at, it's it's when working well for me. Sometimes when I try to steer it is when like the, the hooks come in. But I, I've kind of experimented it with a little bit, you know, trying to really give it a whack, and it's worked out pretty well. Um, definitely, definitely keep an eye. I do keep an eye on a lot of what a lot of the pros do and how they're, you know, obviously it's evolving. The ball's evolving, and bodies are evolving. I'd be a lot more athletic out there. Um, but yeah, I do, uh, I do, I am inspired by a lot of the things out there that just, the, they, they try new things, just, just all of that. You know, I definitely try it myself and see if it, you know, is it, does this actually work? You know, I love mm-hmm. the bulk up too. I'm always inspired <laughs> to bulk up, but definitely tried swinging a little harder at the ball <laughs> for sure. So guys talk to us a little bit about, you know, some other things you do besides golf. I know you guys are both into hunting. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and how does hunting go with golf? How does that correlate with golf? As you said, Colin? Yeah, I hunting, there's something about just being out in a stand in 30 degree weather, just for <laughs> four straight hours. There, there's no, something, thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. There's something just the, it's so like meditating. It's just being in nature. You're, you're one in your thoughts kind of, um, it's one place where, where unlike the golf course, you can really think a lot in the, in the hunting stand and, and the meditation's big. Then I kind of use this, like, again, the night, the night before my rounds, kind of using the same, same setting, like in a, in a hunting stand, that meditation, that really being with, within your thoughts and kind of blocking out everything else and really focusing what's, what's going on in front of you. And interesting. Just, yeah, that's kind of a good way of my mental training that I like to use just just when I'm in the stand is just kind of just being uh, one with my thoughts a little bit. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, guys, you guys got some big plans. Uh, Brennan, you know, you're in the middle of college. Yeah. You're going to be playing it out. Um, what are some of your plans down the road? Yeah. So obviously right now our, uh, our season's uh, a little delayed at the moment. Yeah. It, the fall we're, we're, we're not going to be playing any tournaments in the fall, which, which kind of stinks, but uh, yeah. yeah, just going to school right now. Um, try, in my third year at Detroit Mercy, you know, trying to get to dental school. So I'm really focused on my studies at the moment and uh, you know, hopefully uh, next, uh, next spring we'll be able to, uh, you know, get back, get back at it. 
Uh, but right now, I can't play too much. It's been more kind of just leisure golf, playing at night, playing against this guy here. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I'm focusing on the studies right now, and uh, you know, taking taking advantage of the time that I have um, that I, I have for on my studies. So yeah. that's what's going on. And then, Colin, you got some big news to share. Yeah, yeah. So uh, recently, about a week and a half ago, I I committed to the University of Dayton to play uh, collegiate golf. So congratulations. Some exciting news. Uh, it was kind of nice to get off my chest now to kind of just, it's nice to get off the chest, not knowing that, or knowing that I only have to apply to one school, found out <laughs> I don't have to take, the, I don't have to take the ACT. It was kind of nice. So. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, yeah, it's an exciting uh, milestone in my golf career. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. I, I got my 21 on the ACT and I was like, that's it. I'm done. It I'm does. not taking it again, <laughs> man. Uh, there's, um, there's no way I can do any better than that. All right. That's it. That's great though. Congratulations. All right. Well guys, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Of course, any chance doc and I can uh, talk about our terrible games and your great games uh, is always enjoyable. So uh, we look forward to following you guys. And uh, again, thanks for coming on the rising champions podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Kyle. Thanks, thanks, yeah, Doctor. Thank appreciate thank, it. Thank you for you bet. Me. Great to see you guys. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.